0: Uh, wrap up our pod this week I just thought I would um, have a bit of convo with you mate uh, let the sort of listeners know about your trip to Qatar mate because it was actually a massive thing it's sort of I'm not sure a lot of people understood how massive it was that you went over there you actually got to play football with Tim Cahill and, and a lot of other football legends and you know a couple of decent um, street footballers as well um, might get you to touch on a bit more Dan yeah no it
1: was it was incredible you know like the, the way that the opportunity came
0: about um,
1: was actually through gold.com and some work that I'd done with them in 2015 and they had a, a, a partner company or a, a PR company that was like, look, we need a player for this um, this Influencer World Cup that's happening in Qatar. And this all, we started to talk about this like in, um, where was it? Maybe the back end of February. Um, so all of March was kind of just getting decided, etc., And you sort out the details. Um, but when I was first told like what it was going to be, it was like, oh, look, you know, we're going to try and play this tournament. And I've done a few things like this. I thought, yeah, it's going to be a five-a-side tournament. We're not going to play in a World Cup stadium, which we got to. We're definitely not going to play on the pitch, which we also got to, because uh, they said that these were their plans, but sometimes it can always change. Now, our first day, um, we went to the 974 stadium yeah, in Doha which is made it's, – it's a very unique stadium. It's made from 974 sea containers. Yeah. And uh, we got into our team, so I was part of, like, Team Asia, and our coach was meant to be Tim Cahill. So the Americas had Cafu, for those people that don't know, been in only player to be in three World Cup finals. So not as in final stages, but finals, uh, which was 94, 98, and 2002 – He's also won it twice, Cafu, played for Roma, played for AC Milan. Um, he was with the Americas. Europe had Ronald De Boer. Ronald De Boer, obviously Glasgow Rangers, uh, Ajax, FC Barcelona and the Netherlands. Played with Bergkamp, Kluivert, um, Edgar Davids, those kind of known stars. Um, and then there was also a Middle East and Northern, I think Middle East and Northern Africa, MENA, um, team. Which they yeah. had, um, I can't, I can't remember his name exactly, but I think it was Hasibi was the the goalkeeper, and um, so that was their the four World Cup legends. Now we were told that they were just going to coach, so it was already exciting that we got to share, um, like that experience with them. We got to meet Tim Cahill, meet you know the Kafu, uh, Ronald de Boer, and the goal, the goalkeeper from um, uh, I keep forgetting his name, but. We got to meet these legends. There's also other legends that we got to meet. And um, when we went in for the first game, Tim Cahill was like standing in the field. And I said, are you going to play? And he said, yeah, of course. So then straight away, the event went from about 60% to 250%. <laughs> it just, it just went It was just out of this world, out of this world. Um, and of course like uh, we were playing, we played our first match against the Americas and Cafu was like, Well, if Tim's gonna play, I'm gonna play. And I kinda looked at the the PR guys, the guys organizing it, and they were like, oh, What's going on here? You know, like now there's too many players, but let's leave it because
0: It's you know, Cafu and done... Tim Cahill.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I've done things I've done things previously with um with other uh, with other players and sometimes, especially like guys who are, you know, they've done their playing career, they're finished now, they'll come on and shake hands and take photos and stuff. But then when it's time to do the kicking and all they'll, that, they'll relax a bit, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you, Tim and Cafu, absolute legends. They actually went hard. Like, they were playing, <laughs> playing. Um, it was insane. Like, Tim was annoyed because, oh, I should have brought my boots. He was playing in his, like, uh, New Balance Runners. Yeah. Uh, but Cafu Ka- had Predators on, everything. Cafu looked like he had just come out of the gym, like he was pumped. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the experience went to, like I said before, you know, way above 100%. Um, and really something unexpected, you know, to share the field, to play on a World Cup field in a World Cup stadium with Tim Cahill and Cafu. Uh, and so, yeah, it was just ridiculous. The second game, the, the Legends didn't join in. So we got very lucky that we got to play against Cafu. You know, it could have it could have been Ron De Boer or one of the other guys, but it was just just uh, unique timing, you know, unique timing. Yeah. So there was that. And, um, and then we got to make videos with them. We got to chat with them. We got to speak with them. Uh, those people that follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, I met Marcel Desailly. I got to talk to him about playing against Luis Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, R9. <laughs> Um, which was just incredible, you know, to be able to talk to him about about that experience and things yeah. that he t- things that he was telling Maldini or that they were talking about at, at AC Milan when they're trying to stop him when he was playing for Inter and things he was talking to Laurent Blanc about or um, Lillian Turam before the 98 final World Cup, you know, like yeah. this is stuff that, I mean, I'm... As much as I love playing and, you know, like I talk about the razzle and people see the tricks and stuff I do, like, I'm the biggest fan as well. Like, I just love football. I love futsal. I love street football. I love any any place where you can kick a ball. If it's 1v1, if it's 11v11, I want to be there playing. I want to watch. I want to be involved. So for me to have this experience, it was just, it's actually just even just talking about it, like, it's, it's, it was incredible for me it was incredible I don't want to say it, it's incredible I say it's incredible for me like I just so much gratitude and it was super humbling and um, yeah I just
0: mate again right place right time you know one of those things um, mate of course. I was absolutely jealous <laughs> I was frothing. <laughs> I was just like and then when I saw you playing with Tim Cahill I'm like oh mate I'm just uh, I was fangirling back here yeah <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, you know,
1: it was um, it was I, I it's it totally exceeded my expectations. Totally
0: exceeded my expectations. Um, no, I think Tim Cahill he comes across as he he wouldn't know how to just take it easy because I follow him <laughs> on social media, and I, even though he puts up videos like doing football stuff for the kids in the backyard, and he's fully a hundred percent competitive. Like I just don't think. He, yeah. Yeah he has an off switch, which is probably why he's so successful.
1: Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. I'd have to agree, you know, but uh, Tim also, um, I have to say, and look, let's hope he listens to this, right? I'm going to share the link for this. <laughs> I'm going to share the link. If you can cut this part or cut this little segment and I'll I'll post it um, individually, but I'll share it to my story and I'll tag him because yep. I said to him, after the two days, like after we played our final. So we ended up coming second. They, um, they didn't expect us to, but we came second. Um, we actually, we drew with the team that had Sian Freestyle and Billy Wingrove. Um, that was Ronald DeBoer's team. We drew with them. We also drew with the Americas. Um, I think it was 1-1, 1-1. And then we won our last game. Our last game, we won like 4-1 or 5-1, something like this. So we were through to the final. We came second. And I said to Tim, after all of this, I said, "Thank you so much for the last couple of days. I said, like you didn't have to yeah, um, do do what you did. like I said, you didn't have to play the game. you don't have to sit and talk with everyone like I know I understand like you'd be amicable, you'd be you know nice about everything, but he went above and beyond, and I think what what you said there about him like um you know he doesn't know how to take the pedal off the gas almost yeah he does he involves himself a hundred percent and um yeah I was really taken aback by that because I have been on the events where people are just like oh yeah shake hands photos and then yep. there was this this event you know um I think also me being Australian made a made a big um not not impact but it made a bigger difference sorry difference is the word it made a big difference to that because it was like a familiar accent uh, you know we had a lot well, there's no one else from Australia there, so we had a lot in common. Yeah, um, we could we could talk about Australia, um, but he really, you know, like he did it with everyone. Didn't didn't matter even the guys that were from, let's say, uh, you know, India, South Korea, Japan. Yeah, it didn't matter, um, and I, I thought that was amazing. I thought it was brilliant. He's an absolute champion. Absolute champion.
0: Yeah, no, I know you probably won't like me saying this, but um, I really think he needs to be doing something in terms of sorting out, obviously, the mess that's going on with Australian football at the moment because I think they Uh need a bloke who's that passionate. Like, you can just tell he loves football. It doesn't matter what it is or who it is or whatever team it is. I just think that he has so much that he could do. But, obviously, he's got a lot of his other projects. But, yeah, I think a guy like that is the type of person you need to change the culture of football in the country, in my opinion.
1: I think not just... Not just Tim, but all, all of that generation, right? Yeah. Uh, Mark, Brasci- Mark Brasciano. Viduca, Tim Cahill, you know, even the Jason Colinas, Brett Emmerton's, Harry Kills, Mark Schwartzes. um I know these guys are all they're all involved in some kind of football, or they're involved in some, they have been involved in something in the FFA or the media, and they've had their comments and so forth. But they really do need to just go, hey, guys bring them in and let's get their input, let's get their ideas, let's get, you know, their philosophies, their everything, their methods. They're like how they did this, how they how they wouldn't do things, you know. Put it all together. Um, yeah, because I, I think it's, uh, you know, the oldest players are the ones with the most experience and especially the guys that have been to two or three World Cups. Yeah. Uh, but this, what you're talking about now. If you want, let's do another podcast about this because I've I've got my own philosophy and ideas about this. Obviously, people would know that I. If you do follow me, you'd know that I uh I do coaching myself. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things we do well in Australia, um, and then there's a lot of things that I think we could take from South America's, from your Europe's, even from your. Uh, Asian confederations, those kind of uh, nations and the way they set up and the things they do with academies and what they do with kids from uh, four or five years up to 12 or or even 14 at some stage. Um, You know, I think if we could replicate and mirror some of that, we may find ourselves in a better position. But, you know, look, we're not in a bad position yet. We've still got UAE and then if we beat them, we've got Peru, which we've done it before.
0: So uh, it can be done again. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, for uh, uh, from when we play them in the World Cup, they've aged quite a bit and they're not as impressive as they were at that World Cup. So, you know, <clears throat> I still think we could um get a decent result against them. But one thing I will touch on, what my opinion is the problem at the moment is they seem to be coaching the razzle out of players and trying to make them too robotic in how they play. I mean, that might be not the terminology that someone... Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) More in the know would say, but I just feel like it's more about structure and doing this and that rather than just letting a player go, play how you feel. Like, you know, like what the South Americans play like, they sort of, a lot of their play is obviously highly skilled, but also instinct play. So I think that's just sort of where I think is a little bit of an issue. Look, obviously with my philosophy,
1: the way I play and the way I see players in football, um, you know, you're starting to hit hit the nail on the head there. But, (laughs) mate, if we keep talking, we're going to be here for hours. Like, that's what I said. Let's do another podcast about this. Let's just do one. And if you want, save it for the off season. Like when you need a podcast, when you
0: haven't got, uh, you know, games and that to talk about, let's talk about this because I would love to. No, 100%. I think the plan is obviously in the off-season for anyone that's sort of listening, um, we are sort of just going to be doing football podcasts. And the plan is to have sort of – I've got plans to do a bit of a World Cup sort of podcast as well on this channel as well because obviously Mm. there'll be a break from FPL for about five weeks, I think, the break goes for from November to December. So, yeah, no, a bit of a teaser there. We'll be um, doing World Cup pods uh, in the new sort of new season and sort of a bit more football – Pods, we've probably spoken about it now for about a couple of months. That we want to sort of just do a couple of one off sort of podcasts just talking about football. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, I might have to use your pulling power. I'd love to get uh, Timmy on here and we can talk through a couple of highlights from his Premier League career. Like, I'd really love to, to get a bit of a, a recap <laughs> on that bicycle kick against Chelsea. <laughs> oh, mate, I wish I had that pulling power. That'd <laughs> be oh. something.